I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast. Long time no speak. I don't know what Benji's been up to. I don't know what I've been up to, but we're back with the Giro d'Italia. Root reveal. They've got it right. I feel like the Giro... They eventually do take on feedback, both with the parkour, the transfers, the sequencing of stages, but also when they announce the whole damn thing, because now they they jump the gun and get in about a week and a half before the Tour de France. Yep. And uh, yeah, everyone's ready to see see the route. And it's I, I don't mind it, actually. The 107th edition, before I get into the headline, the headline numbers, Benji, in 10 seconds, your first reaction before you went through all the profiles, your first reaction. My first reaction was that the parkour didn't inspire me to hype up before the race. That makes sense? So you were a bit like, hmm, not sure about this. Exactly. That's exactly the take I had. Yeah, I agree. And I got into it a bit more in depth this morning when the proper profiles came out because the RCS ones are like if I hand drew them. Uh, and so you can't really understand too much about the parkour from that. They say they say six sprinter stages. I count seven for a Phillips mm-hmm. and Coy Pedersen type sprinter, maybe even eight. Two time trial two time trials, though, is the headline, I think, totaling sixty-eight point two kilometers. That is a flashing light. Pagacha. Yeah, uh, Primoz, Remco. Please come to our race. Great Thomas, please come to our race. Because the Tour de France and ASO. They don't look after you with the TTK. So nearly 70 Ks of TT, most of which is a flat. Five mountain stages. I counted more. Four uphill finishes. Eight undulating stages, according to RCS, from the 4th to the 26th of May. Uh, Less climbing, I think, than last year. And definitely, I I haven't looked at the stats. The stages seem significantly shorter to me. Uh, It starts in Piedmont, uh, in Turin. Uh, and then stuff about the Grand Torino tragedy. But yeah, it then finishes in Rome. They go south from Turin after touching the uh, Europa climb through the Abruzzo, uh, through uh, Pratitativo down to Napoli, which keeps getting stage finishes, and then back up the eastern side of the Italian coast with some sprint stages uh, before lots of climbs in the... Uh, in the Dolomites region in Lavinia, which will be familiar to others, and also in the Udine region, which is where Jonathan Milan is from, and quite a few good riders near the Slovenian border. So, I think it's uh, when was I thought there was going to be a foreign start, Benji? Isn't there normally a foreign start in even years? I'm not sure if it's even years. I think there was a specific rule that said you can only do it every X amount of years. Ah, okay. I completely forgot what that rule was, every but I mentioned years, it I at think. some point last year, I think. And in this specific one, yes, it's a it's a, a local national start. I don't mind that. I kind of like it that the Tour of Italy starts in Italy because story time, very short. I met my wife in Budapest. And now every time I have to talk to a person that asks me, how did you guys meet? I have to explain to people why the Tour of Italy started in Hungary. So 
that's why I like a national start every now and then. <laughs> Maybe it's every four years. I think I made that up. I think the rule is it can't be every two years, uh, yeah. more than every two years. It was obviously, yeah, 2022 Hungary and 2018 was in Israel, uh, the, the edition of Froome one. So maybe in, tw- in 2026 we'll have one. I think it's every four years you can do a non-adjacent country to start with. Oh, okay. So that's why Basque Country was allowed for the Tour de France yeah. because that's adjacent to and France. And Brussels in 19 yes. for the Tour, no? Correct. Are you on the border of France? Yes, we are. Well, not anymore. Who is we? I'm not in the UK, but... That's a good question. <laughs> All right. We won't get into, into the internal political dynamics of Belgium. Uh, we'll get into this Giro parkour. You know how we normally do it. We go stage by stage reviewing the profiles. Luke will have them up on the screen if you want to watch along on YouTube. We'll also timestamp it so you can come back to the, the podcast uh, in seven months to say, hey, you guys were absolutely wrong on how this parkour would play out. Most of the time, actually, we're scary our track record's not too bad on these yeah. ones as well. Um, the thing is, but, sorry, go on. Whenever we do this, we don't necessarily know who will go to the race. Sometimes we have a view of these riders will definitely go there, especially with the Tour de France. It's pretty easy to have a clue that Vingegaard will likely go to the Tour de France yeah. next year. When it comes to the Giro, that's a lot harder. And we're kind of in the dark of which riders will go there. But speculating beforehand, do you have GC riders that you 100% expect to be there versus ones that you want to see there? I really don't. It's, this, is, <laughs> this is the big question mark and makes analysis of this parkour difficult because, you know, this year, the riders, the riders really do make the race. If for some reason there is a GC stalemate and riders want to ride and wait to the last stage and yeah. teams don't want to do anything, it doesn't matter what parkour you put, really. Now, you can do certain things and maybe not backload it too much, but you're right, it's I would say Grant Thomas, right? Yeah. But then I don't know how many TTKs the Tour has yet. I don't know how gradual and long the climbs in the Tour are. I don't know if there's like a cobble stage or some classic style stages in the north where he thinks he can get his he can cut his teeth on the crosswinds. UAE, I, I don't know either. Um, yeah. I can say for sure Roglic will do the Tour. There's just no way he does the yeah. Giro. Vingegaard, I don't know. Really? I don't know why he can't do the double. Um, oh, the double in that sense. I don't yeah, know. of course he has to do the tour. He has to do the tour, but why can't he do the Giro tour? Well, the Giro tour is often seen as more difficult than Tour of Vuelta, but on the other hand, I'm also feeling like the the parkour Giro and tour might fit him more than the Tour of Vuelta parkour of the Vuelta then com- coming afterwards. Yeah. But on the other hand, like... I personally feel like he will more likely go to Tour of Vuelta than Giro tour. Yeah, because it's the safer option because you can make sure you come in in good shape in the Tour and then you yeah. see how you are in the Vuelta. Um, but you're right, the Giro suits him better than the Vuelta typically. Remco says he wants to do the Tour next year. This Giro really suits him again. Yeah. <laughs> really, really suits him. So and it's it's tricky. We're spoiling the, the parkour a tiny bit by saying it, but there's not too many multi-puerto stages in this parkour. Uh, where There's not like five stages with four mountains in each of those stages. And that's also beneficial for riders like that who might have trouble on those stages or might not be proven on those stages yet. And that will also increase the ability of someone that has a good time trial skill to be able to hold their advantage because the others can only make the difference on the final climb in some of these stages. That makes sense? Yeah, there's just not many stages with multiple 
Yeah, back-to-back long or steep climbs. The only one is the grapple one that stands out. Um, Even the stage to Brocon is the kind of shallow climbs. So I don't know, like, will UAE want to pair a Yuso and Almeida together? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Could Adam Yates win this Jira? Absolutely, with the form he's shown. So maybe UAE think he's actually, and I agree, Adam Yates would be their best chance to win the Jira if Pog doesn't go. Uh, I think yeah. I have him above Almeida and Ayuso. So I can't really say anyone that's a lock to go, really. I mean, I think it's like you say Carapaz, right? Because the start list is soft, mm-hmm. usually in the Giro. But then the TT case. And then there's Hindley and Vlasov at Bora. I think Vlasov will definitely do the Giro. Okay. That, that's like likely in my eyes, and Simon, I would yes. say. Simon Yates, I would also want to see on this parkour. Adam Yates as well, but for the Pogacar card for a second, how do you see the Olympics fit into a Grand Tour season? Because on one end, you would say that, for example, in the World Championships this year, we also saw that having it after the Tour de France caused the top 10, I'm pretty sure, of the riders in the World Championships. We're mostly riders that rode the Tour, right? So, yes, Van der Poel. Do you have that effect as well? If you, for example, have the Olympics after, after a Grand Tour, and therefore they might choose to go to the Tour instead of the Giro, because like otherwise you could say, oh, you can focus perfectly on the Giro, on the Olympics, and then on the Lombardia, for example, if you're Pogacar, something like that. But on the other hand, you're also thinking maybe the Tour de France is good as a build-up towards Olympic. Olympics is after Tour, right? It's Am after the Tour, yeah. It's after okay. the Tour. Because it's before the women's Tour de France. They actually have them split by the Olympics this year, next year. Does this make the Giro Tour even harder than it usually is? If you want to do Olympics, I don't know if the... So the the Giro starts uh, later than... uh, It finishes on the 26th of May. It starts on the 4th of May and the Tour de France starts... Mm -hmm. So it finishes on 26th of May and the Tour next year starts on the... 29th of June, so there's actually maybe even a week less than normal between the two. So good luck yeah. getting recovery in an altitude camp in. I mean, maybe you just stay in Italy, Benji, because the Tour de France starts in Florence. So just <laughs> just stay there. Um, <laughs> Except because doing all the Grand Tours again, right? <laughs> just get that Airbnb weekly right. Anyway, we're about to get into the stage-by-stage <laughs> stage analysis. You know how we do it. If you want to support the podcast, we still have our merch available on shop.lanternrouge.com. Get your significant other, maybe, a surprise present for Christmas, although that would mean that they would have to listen to this podcast. Maybe just suggest to them, uh, which we've had a few no, of no, those no, no, orders. No, 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 The gift that you give your significant other is being able to listen to this podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> whatever floats, whatever works for people, I guess. <laughs> but most importantly, <laughs> check out the LRCP t-shirts, mugs, uh, and Ella hat on the merch website uh and yeah thanks for all the orders so far it's been fantastic during the vuelta to see all of them and uh we've really enjoyed seeing all the photos on instagram yeah. or wherever when you've tagged us when it's dropped in to your house so shop.lanternrouge.com for those okay stage one benji the giro is starting and this has become a, a very common actually in recent years in grand tours not just the tour a difficult stage, not a sprint stage. Finish starting in uh, Venaria Reale, finishing in Turin. Three climbs get progressively harder. First two don't count. 
and all that hard. Short stage, 136Ks. And then the Colle della Maddalena, 6.4Ks, 7.1%. Crest, 20Ks roughly from the finish, 19Ks from the flat finish. Who is this? Because <laughs> when I looked at the Hayeskibel, right? I yeah. thought, Van Aert and Pedersen, they make that. They make that mm -hmm. finish. And then it ended up being really hard. I still think this is a Wow Van Aert, Ethan Hayter type finish. Is it too hard for Coy? Is it too hard for Pedersen? Well, Van Aert nearly made it that day, right? Was that the, the yeah, day he, that well, Lafayette stole he, it? He got dropped and then came back, yeah. And then yep. Lafayette went, yeah. Well, stole it. You know what I mean? The thing is, like, you're saying that. I agree. It's also a much shorter stage. We're talking 136 kilometers instead of the 200 plus yeah, kilometers at the short. highest Cabell stage in the Tour de France was. But you're right. That climb is similar in that sense. The distance afterwards is similar, like you mentioned. First of all, it's good that they've got multiple climbs in the stage. Okay, ramp points available for the breakaway. I like it. Secondly, the second climb, like you said, indeed irrelevant because that's the easier side of Superga. It's not the Milano-Torino side of Superga. And... That last climb is like, this is the kind of climb where I feel like if a GC rider wants to try and do something, it's possible. But in the Giro, I think with the Giro GC riders that I have in mind, unless Pogacar shows up, I feel like this is going to be a reduced group sprint afterwards or a rider that rides away from a reduced group sprint like, like Lafayette, for example. But like well, you Betty said, was in that group with Lafayette. Hmm? was in that group too with yep. Lafayette. Correct. I don't know if it's too hard for Milan. It really depends how it's raced, which is why I think it's quite an interesting stage because, yep. yeah, you can drop Milan on this climb, even though I think he's really good. Can you drop Caden Groves on this climb? Now you're going to have to set a really hard pace to do that, and you're going to yep. have to keep him behind in the valley afterwards. So that's the one where it's, it's interesting to me. Um, yep. Mads Pedersen as well, it, it's pretty good for him, but I think they'll send Milan. So... I think it will. It could go either way. You could even have like a we've seen in the Vuelta a Mark Soler, J Vine type attack on this climb, like you alluded to, Benji. So I think <laughs> an interesting start, not just a boring uh, basic sprint. Yeah, exactly. And stage two is also quite exciting already because we've got the first mountaintop finish. I would argue we've got Francesco Alcampo to Europa, one fifty-five kilometers long. First half of the stage completely flat, so not exactly a hard climb at the start. That means that the breakaway should on paper be controllable, but the last half of the race is undulating, I would say. There's a few categorized climbs there, two of which land just before the final climb, and the final climb is the Europa climb. Santuario di Europa is a finish, and the climb is 11.8 uh, kilometers at 6.1%, and I vividly remember that bloody climb because I, as a fanatic Nibali fanboy in the past, I cried when this stage happened in, was it 2017, I think? Yeah where Vincenzo Nibali furiously attacked, and I started celebrating because he had a gap, and then Dumoulin followed, then Dumoulin countered, and then Dumoulin dropped Nibali, and I became really sad because Dumoulin was on absolute fire that day, and Dumoulin was not the only rider in the history that has put Europa on fire in the past, but the thing I want to say here is an excessively stronger GC rider, like a Pogacar versus second-tier GC riders, Pogacar can make a difference on this climb. Oh, brilliant otherwise, climb for him. Brilliant. Otherwise, I feel like it could be a GC group sprint. Because it's, yes, it's 12k, 6%. So yeah, it's not that hard, but there's the 4k section at 9%. And so yeah. this is the perfect climb for Pogacar with, and for Dumoulin, where you have the last three k's are about 5%. 
And so he gets the separation on the end of the 9% after being set up by whoever. And then good luck bringing back someone like Pagacha with that engine and a little bit heavier than a Simon Yates on the flatter section. So yeah. you're right. It really is a good climb for riders like that. Um, Almeida? He's been okay at these sort of stages, yeah, but I think. if he starts almeida on the steep section... Yeah, yeah. Then it's going to be hard <laughs> to come back afterwards, is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I never know what's going to happen with that, man. But there could, there could be gaps here. It, there is some... There's not much flat in the uh, two hours before they start Europa either. They're not hard yeah. climbs before, they're medium mountains. But it's not just... In 2018 or 2017, it was like a Unipuerto absolutely yeah. flat beforehand. So, But... Stage two, though. Ooh. Malia Rosa will be up for grabs, right? Based on stage one, most likely the gaps won't be huge. It'll probably be still GC riders in the same time. So there might be incentive for facing the, in the peloton just for the fact that Malia Rosa is up for grabs in the first place. But do they have the breakaway win like they normally do on Etna or whatever so that a Rain Tarame type guy takes the Malia Rosa? That, on one end, it's possible. But on the other hand, there might also be a GC rider that says, I kind of want to try it. Oh, yeah, I want to win, and I want to... There's only five uphill finishes, so you're right. And this is why the Giro, I think, is nice for Pagacha or Roglic or even Remco, like I said. you Any of those three, you look at this stage, you're like, they will, yeah. they will win this stage, sprint or whatever. Um, the next stage, stage three, easy sprint stage on the coast, uh, I think down from Genoa. Uh, flat final kilometer, but the it's proceeded actually by two k's at four percent, and so that's just yep. that could make a difference with positioning. Not because I don't you're not going to drop Merlier, I don't think on two k's four percent, but he might slide, yep. and, and it's not enough time to make up positions in in the last k. If you slide from P five to P thirty, and then you have to move all the way back up again, that can make a big difference. So I think it's a nice sprint for Groves for Coy. Uh, Pedersen, obviously brilliant on these. Even Milan, actually. Milan, Milan is really good for these. Do we normally pick a, a winner? I don't think, I think we, we normally do. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, because it's so unknown whether these riders will be there, but Milan is also one of the riders that I, I look at for this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder, like, what if you make, like, an absolute beast of a train at Ineos on this stage, for example, and you've got... You've got the train that is Joshua Tarling leading out Filippo Gann on the last two kilometers on that, like, uphill segment, and then Gannot tries to win after the uphill section is done. I would also like to try and see that, yeah. but I agree Milan is one of those names where I look at here and it's like 700 meters is flat to be exact yeah. after like 1.5k, 5% is what I had. But like most World Tour sprinters get over that. If Olaf Koy is here, I see Olaf Koy competing for the stage at the finish. Yeah, for sure. It, it, guys like that, it's more... The Groenewegen and Jakobsons of this world who yeah. uh, Wellsford have, uh, like, I think Bored, they send, I think they've got to send Wellsford to this race yeah. given the number of sprints, but uh, positioning will be important. I think it'll be an, an interesting finish regardless. Uh, stage four for you, Benji. Mate, mate, we got to talk about stage four. Aki Terme to uh, Bitek Andorra, called Andorra, 187 they kilometers. Even have, they don't even have low tax rates in that one. <laughs> they don't have the double R. <laughs> and not only that, if you look at the parkour, First thing I said when I looked at the parkour, the shape of it was, this is B-Tech Milano Sanremo. Milano Sanremo from Aldi. And I looked at the parkour and it's finishing just after one of the capos from Milano Sanremo. <laughs> this is yeah. Milano Sanremo from Aldi. I wasn't kidding when I saw it the first time. And like, it's not a Turquino in the middle of it. It's shorter. It's 187 kilometers. 
and the climb at the end, the Capo de Mele, I think it is. Yeah. That's like, it, it's not notable. It's like 800 meters at 4%, nah, something like 1. that. 1.8K. 1.8K at 4%. It yeah. was too tiny the letters for me to read. There's a roundabout at 450 meters. Uh, the, the flat run is pretty simple. It's pretty but straight. They descend road to into that on. roundabout. Yes. But it seems like a relatively safe finish, I would say. And a pretty straightforward sprint on a wide road. So uh, this should be a good sprint. It's kind of a rinse and repeat of the stage before, because I don't think the early climbs make any difference to this stage whatsoever. Um, Correct. I think you're going to have to be in good position for the capo. And if you're sliding back, you're gonna, it's going to be difficult to move back up yep. with that descent. So yeah, all the same names. Uh, Coy, Pedersen, Phillips, and Milan type operators. Groves, of course, uh, should have no problems. Stage five is... A more straightforward sprint in terms of hills uh, from Genoa to Lucca. Um, it does, though, like the finish is, is flat, false side downhill from the last 20Ks. There's a 4% roller before it doesn't bother anybody about 20Ks from the finish. What I'm interested in is in the previous stage, very flat starts. By the way, we haven't mentioned that. Yeah. Every stage, the first four, pancake flat starts. This yeah. is the first stage with actually 4K 6.5%. And then actually up and down for the first third. So, and some of that's steep. Will we see Magnus Court, Derek G, Nico Denz, uh, Simon Clark, Alessandro De Marchi, like in that Napoli stage? Will we see those type of operators getting into the break, or Wout Van Aert or Bediol in this first third to try and make it harder for the sprint teams? I would like to see that. Like, Whenever I see start climbs on a stage like this, I, I see that it will be harder for the actual sprint teams to control what's happening there. And I hope that we see a situation like that. They might also consider, oh, stage six might be something for me as well. We'll talk about it in a second. So they might consider resting at that point, the breakaway riders. But I would like to see some breakaway sprinter fight on this one. When it comes to the actual sprinting kilometer to the final kilometer, there's a chicane at 600 meters to go. But... It looks a bit sketchy on the map, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. Uh, if it's in the last 100 meters, it will be a problem, but it's 600 meters to go, so Ryder should be able to handle that at this point. So, oh, man, I don't know. on your new ex. He can't go. He, can't, he won't get the yeah, wild card. You're right. He can't either. Uh, okay. Unless the Giro is very un-Giro and gives it to unpolitical teams, so not to Italian ones. Or Tudor. Well, that's also kind of political, isn't it? Yeah, Swiss, and they give they sponsor the race. So the time trial is literally called the Tudor ITT. Is it? <laughs> yeah. To Techno Gym ITT this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think it's those. I'm going to go with uh, with the enemy Nico Dens <laughs> wins this stage uh, from the breakaway. I'll let you take that. I'll keep my uh, I'll keep my uh, my pick secret until the actual Giro preview next year so everybody has to uh has to watch for that one okay. stage six Viareggio to Rapolano Terme when I saw Rapolano Terme I was like oh that's Montalcino region and the parkour does show it at 177 kilometers and the first 40 percent of the stage is flat then the hills start to come but the hills aren't super exciting either it's not like the hills midway the stage will do much but the last third of the stage that's where it gets interesting. We've got three Strade Bianche sections. The first one is literally the first section from Strade Bianche in, I think, 2017 until 2023. I didn't check the older editions. Vidrita segment, 4.4 kilometers, relatively flat. And then we directly, after like a kilometer after that, 
going to the next segment, which goes from Banyaya, I think, or Bayanya, something like that, to Grotti. 2.5 kilometers at 6%, but in reality, that's more 2 kilometers at 7% and then 500 meters flat. But that will matter, especially on gravel as well. They seem like doable gravel segments. They're not the crazy gravel segments either. And then it takes another, I think, roughly 20 kilometers to get to the next uh, the next Bianca section, which comes with roughly 20 kilometers to go, the Piavina segment, which on paper looks flat, but it's actually more descending and punchy because it starts off going down 4%, and then it jumps into a little hill, and then in a, in, 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 into another hill in the second part of it, which is basically 10% punches. So that could also do some damage if you really push on that. But this is for me a hard stage to predict because there's such limited Stade Bianche segments that sprint teams might be intrigued in this. But on the other hand, you might also look at breakaway opportunists for this because the Stade Bianche segments are there. But I'm also like, if you are focusing on sprint teams for this stage and they try and keep it together, they want to get their sprinter towards the finish line like this. What if I'm a GC rider and I know that I've got this competitor that can't ride over rocks at all? Why don't I push it for these these segments and like hope that something happens? Potentially. Like if he if he did this race and he was there with Remco Roglic, he goes for it, right? Like he gets his team to push on this sort of stage. Or your Tom, Tom Pidcock. Roglic wasn't terrible on that stage. 20 at the Tour de France with some gravel on top of that one climb. Oh, on top of Glier, when you're on your own, is a little bit different to <laughs> everybody coming in as a group before Ks of flat gravel. Um, and especially the positioning beforehand yeah, for Roglic. Yeah, so I don't but see Roglic is doing the tour. Why yeah, are you talking the, about Roglic? I'm just saying it's Poggy, a great stage for Poggy. What's interesting to me is the first hour 45 is flat. So like you said, yep. Benji, it's going to be difficult for a breakaway to form if if... Alperson decide, hey, you know what? We can just win this stage with Caden Groves. Like, yeah. why can't we win? It doesn't finish up a wall in Siena. The last climb is with like 30Ks to go, 25Ks to go, and it's not even that hard. So, yeah, maybe Alperson, I mean, sorry, there is a 700-meter 4% thing, but that doesn't bother Groves. So even Pedersen, Van Aert, should Van Der Poel do the Giro? Does that depend on the Olympics? Because I know he'll be doing the Olympic mountain bike. Uh, so he might not do the Tour yeah. de France if it's not the best preparation. Bitcock? Yeah. So, yeah, he'd be focusing on the, on the Olympics. So maybe the Giro is very attractive. And we, we see a really nice list of riders going for this Strade-style light stage. Um, yes, but it would have been more attractive if there were more punchy opportunities later in this race. There's a few there, but it's not yeah. like a, there's not like an Alaphilippe-style finish in this race no. necessarily. But anyway. I'm going to go for Casper um, Asgren to win this stage. Okay, Kasper Asgreen, that, that's not impossible. Yeah. But I want to see him in the Remco Grand Tour team. And uh, if Remco indeed goes to the Tour de France, where there will also be Strade Bianchi segments, he will need Kasper Asgreen there. He probably will, yeah. Stage seven. Was that rumor that there are also Strade segments in the Tour? Yeah, the white gravel roads, because they tried it out on the women's tour um, yeah. a couple of years ago. Stage seven, long TT, 38 <laughs> near kilometers from Foligno to Perugia. 45 minutes, man, I think is roughly how long this will be. With the last six kilometers irregular uphill to the finish, a 1,200-meter 10% section, a bit of flat, uh, false flat uphill finish, some 800-meter 9% punch straight after the 10% section. Judging from the Tour de France, everyone will do this on the TT bike because this is not as difficult as the Dormont Sea climb mm -hmm. where the majority of riders did not change except for Pog. Um, 
And I think it's not so steep that like the Lusari TT that just killed uh, Thomas. So yeah, this is a really, really good parkour for Thomas, a good time trial for him or Gegenhart, uh, frankly, or Hindley, really. It's, does this make, like Ghana can't win this against Thomas, right, Benji? Uh, or Van Aert? I don't know. The steep segment of the Perugia climb, which is no, in that too last heavy. segment, it's a kilometer at 10.8%, a kilometer at 73 and then two basically flat kilometers afterwards. So it's two kilometers of very steep. Yeah. That will matter, but Ghana can also build up a proper lead before yeah, that. So I can't tell you if Ghana can't win this because Ghana's pretty bloody good on a time trial bike. I don't see bike change. It's too short, nah, that segment, I reckon. Nah. But I'm also asking myself, which other GC riders could go to this race that have a TT that could combine that with climbing? Skelmoza comes to mind. Jorgensen came to mind as well, but I'm thinking he might do classics and the tour. You, did you just throw something while shouting Almeida? Fly swat, yeah, just Aggressive man. It. Adam Yates. <laughs> you wanted to fly swat Almeida? Did I hear you say that? <laughs> I don't know if he'll do this race, but I'm looking at this. Simon Yates, Adam Yates. Yeah, they're going to be looking at this thing, and we can do a good result here, and we can take time on, you know, I'm not sure how much time G would take on Adam Yates on this parkour, because he would fly on that final time uh, uphill. Yep. So... Peo Bilbao was good in the, the Tour de France, Lusari TT. Yeah, but I feel like Bilbao's flatter TTs have been weaker in the recent years. Yeah, yeah, they're not good. Um, <laughs> and there's no descending for him to make up yeah. time either in this. I think G wins this one, though. Okay. I think it's just good enough for him. I think he I think wins Skelmosa it. takes it. Yeah, he's good. Or you saw Almeida. It'll be interesting as well, yeah, to see how they go against the specialists if Kungana and Wapanada are... Uh, uh, come to the Giro as well. All right, stage eight, Benji. Stage eight from Spoleto do Prato di Tivo. And when I think about this final climb, I think about many things. Pogacar doing very well on that, but also Wout van trying to defend, defend GC. Yeah. And you just mentioned Wout van and I'm like thinking, we just spoke about it, Tom. Charlie, we've got Prato di Tivo in here. This is Tireno 2.0, the one he competed in. Should Wout van come to the Giro to ride for GC? That is the question I'm asking. GC, but. <laughs> We got to talk about the parkour first. This parkour is 154 kilometers, yeah. if uh, my screen says it correctly. Yes, it's not a flat parkour. It's not a unipuerto climb. It's basically starting with a with a, a smaller hill, I would argue. That hill is 8 kilometers, 8.8 kilometers at 4.3%. Then we're running towards the next hill, Forca Capistreo, which is 16.4 kilometers, 6%. So just to declare that, that is breakaway formation madness i like that i like seeing stuff like that then it's undulating for the next 50 percent of the stage basically until we get to the croce abio which is 7.5 kilometers 4.9 percent and then we're in the last 50 50 kilometers of the stage so we descend towards the bottom of prati di tivo and that is a big climb huh 14.7 kilometers 7 percent very steady climb this is the climb where we had the amazing attempt of ineos to two One, two, attacks yeah. on Pogacar, where I think Bernal went first, and then Thomas. Yeah. Thomas then Pogacar attacked the other one oh, and no, jumped G, over yeah, the other yeah. one. Or... G got a gap. Poggy went to him and dropped everybody. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so that that didn't really work out, but it was fun to see though. Prato di Tivo, in my mind, the gaps aren't be aren't gonna be two minutes between each rider, but. 
there are gaps on a climb like this. And I went back to Tirreno 2021, 12 riders in one minute. Tirreno 2013, 11 riders in a minute. 2012, 10 riders in a minute. So I reckon there will be gaps. It's always a solo winner within those three races. But is that different because it's a one-week race where they're forced to attack because it's the only mountain stage in that race? I think there's going to be big gaps here because okay. this is a hard stage. This yep. reminds me of the Havalambre stage in the Vuelta. It's got what? Over 4,000 meters elevation. There's barely any flat in the whole stage. The first two climbs are very difficult where we could get satellite riders. We could even see the Sepkus Havalambre move from a second tier GC contender launch on that uh, Capistrello climb because there are steep sections. There's 5Ks at 7.5% on there at the start of that. And then you got to control undulations all day. And then that finish, that finishing climb's 36 minutes is the record, I think, or what Pagacha did it in 36 minutes. Yeah. yeah, it's not high altitude. Yeah, it's regular, but it's steep enough. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting stage, actually. And yep. I'm, I'm hoping it's exciting and, and teams kick it off. So I don't know who's, as I said, I don't know yeah. who's going to the Giro, but. Um, There's no point in predicting these stages. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think, uh, but yeah, I think I'll take Adam Jates to clean it up. Though. <laughs> I, I think it's a good stage. I think yeah. this is, I can't remember what, how hard Blockhouse was. Let me have a look at look it up because Hindley won that stage in, uh, when he won the Giro last year. He won it from a sprint. He got dropped and, and came back. Uh, but that was also, I mean, we always get a bit more excited. That was 192 Ks. Actually, extremely difficult start and had the Paso Lanciano before, but ultimately had 10 riders within a minute, as, as you said, and five guys or six guys rather within three seconds. So the parkour can be nice, but the yeah. riders and the teams have to use what they have there. Um, and I say there is enough here to do something on this stage. Like on Havalumbra. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Stage yep. nine, 209 kilometers. Oh, by the way, have we had, let me look it up. I'm just cycling through. Terrifying. This is what the is first stage now? over 200 Ks and we're on stage nine and it's a, yes. a sprint stage and should be good weather normally in, in the Na Napoli region in the south of Italy. So from Avezzano to Napoli, pretty much no categorized climbs until four hills in the outskirts of Napoli, uh, not anything too dangerous, 3Ks, 3.5%, 2Ks, 5%, 3.2Ks, 4.5%, 1Ks, 6.7%. I think it is enough. I think that is enough to maybe get rid of some sprinters, though, if you really yep. launch it. Breakaway can also win, but what was the stage Binny and, and Vanderpool went on uh, where, they, where Thomas de Gent won? Because this is, I think that, that was, was also... Harder. It was? Yeah, yeah, that was harder. That was definitely hard with Mauro Schmidt and so forth, right? Yeah, that was in the two, 2022 Giro. 
finishing in in Napoli, and you're right. Wow, that was a classic circuit that had hills for yeah a hundred kilometers. So I think this is a sprint. I think so too. A reduced sprint, maybe, maybe yeah, a few... like slightly thinned. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. And the thing is, like, yeah, there's pinches up to ten percent in those climbs, but an average world tour sprinter should be able to get They're over fast these climbs. climbs. Exactly, and especially with the sprint towards these climbs will be important, stuff like that. Oh, I enjoy seeing it. It's close to the finish, the last hill, though, but it's not a, a crazy one either. So no. I agree. This is going to be a sprint, and um, the Milan types will fight it out with, uh, with the somewhat hilly, able riders that are sprinters. And to be honest, most sprinters these days should be able to get over this parkour. Yeah, exactly. Like, like who can't? Mareshko, that's for sure. Uh, Jakobsen, Merlier, Gronavegan, and Wellsford, other guys who were trying. had one stage this year where I was like, wow, he's in still here. In the Dauphiné. Was it? He and Bennett lasted quite a while, actually. Yeah. True. Uh, so. The stage that, that Jumbo opened it up, right? It's or the tried one. opening it up and it's they the failed? Alaphilippe one, I think. Really? The sprint that Alaphilippe one. <laughs> Can't remember, really. Maybe Me neither. I think Alaphilippe, the one Alaphilippe one. Anyway. Uh, that, that rounds off week the first week. We've got a long yep. TT. We've got what I think is a very hard mountain stage. We've got a fair few sprints. We've got a classic stage. We've got a difficult opening start. I think it's a lovely opening week, Benji. I really... There's not a lot of filler here. Yep, I think so. I think so as well. The first week might not be the... Uh, there's some sprint opportunities. I reckon there are sprint opportunities there, but they're also not the purest flat sprints either. So it's kind of like... They're going to have to combine hillier sprints with pure sprints in there, but I agree that it gives something for everybody in the first week, and I'm just curious what we'll see when it comes to brake reaction on those on those Montalcino-like Strade stages, for example, that one stage there, and maybe that, that one sprint stage that had mountains at the start, but it will see a breakaway win on Europa, stuff like that. I hope not. Hope to see GC fighting it out there, but I'd say in week two, it starts off with a bang as well. We've got Pompeii to Boca de la Selva, 143 kilometers on stage 10. And this parkour, once again, 58 kilometers of flat at the start of the stage. I want more mountain stages with a hill at the start because that makes breakaway so much more fun. Like, it's somewhat disappointing to see that sometimes. The middle portion does have some undulating moments, a six kilometer climb, for example, at 7.5%. Not sure that still classifies as just undulating. But that's all in preparation of the final climb, which there's 20 kilometers of false flat to this climb, but the true climb length is, I'd say, 18 kilometers at 5.6%, and that is, that's fake news climb, right? Because I'm looking at the profile of the climb, and I'm like, this climb is harder than that says. The first six kilometers is average 7%, 6.5%, probably. Then it's false flat for six kilometers. And then the last six kilometers is 7% average, but four kilometers above 7.5? Yep. It's, it's a long climb with just two short recovery periods of two or three minutes within it. it. I think it's quite a difficult finishing climb. When you compare this, you know, to the Gran Sasso stage, for example, this is more difficult than the Gran Sasso stage, which was yeah. won by... Um, you, you, the Yolo man, yeah, again, ahead of Karol Vacek, because... That's the thing, Benji. An organizer can put in no hills at the start so that the GC group wins. But then if sometimes the break just goes like on that stage and, and, and then you get a, a really weak break winning. 
um, yeah. and you don't get to break a nice breakaway battle. I mean, it was nice for those three yeah, riders, but, but that was this an is outlier, hard. right? That was an outlier in this Giro, was it? I mean, I mean, that specific scenario was an outlier. Yeah, it was strange. <laughs> it was strange, <laughs> but yeah, this this year was um, <laughs> it was pretty dull. Anyway, fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. There's, there's really not much flat in the 90k's before the start of that climb. I think it's a, someone's got to really have cojones to go for it. A team yeah. on this stage uh, is the weather likely to be bad down here? This is as far south as the race goes in Pompeii. Less likely than obviously in the north uh, this time of year. So, uh, but you're right. I think this is really a breakaway win for, um, you know, I don't know. Thibaut Pino comes Chicone. out of retirement. <laughs> Chicone, yeah. Um, he needs a tug, buddy, though. I'm going to go with Thibaut Pino. Okay. <laughs> and that is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he actually could win this. He, comes, for Vincenzo he sees Aino Rubio and um, Cepeda. <laughs> Coming out to win the stage, and he, yeah. he comes out of retirement to knock them off their bike. But yeah. no, Rubio and Cepeda will fight this out for real um, against okay. Ricciatello. Stage 11, flat sprint on the coast from uh, Foiano di Valfortore to Francavilla al Mare. Al Mare means on the coast. That's Italian for you. Thanks for coming. Congrats. 203Ks. No chance of crosswinds because we're in Italy. Yeah, it's just a flat sprint for the big boys. Exactly. I don't know anything specific when it comes to the uh, final kilometer. So sprint for the big boys and stage 12 is something different. Cav? Stage 12. What, sorry? Is Cav here? I don't know if Cav is there. He's going to do the tour for certain. It's a lot of sprints though. Yes, correct. Merlier? And leave after the second week. Merlier? Yeah. Merlier? Well, he's not doing the tour, is he? Merlier? It's happening. It's definitely happening. Stage 12 is different, though. That's not a earlier stage, right? We're not looking at a earlier stage for stage 12. No. 183 kilometers. And this is that classic style stage that you were looking for, I reckon. It's... Would I go as far as calling it a moody stage? I think I should. The last 70% of this parkour is hilly. The first 30% is flat. So the first 50k is flat. And it's that Reconati region, right? Every time we go to the Reconati region, right? For these hilly parkours? Oh, oh. I, don't, I don't know what that region Costa is. Costa Fidardo? It wasn't not Reconati? Am I stupid? I mean, no, you're probably right. I just don't know what Reconati is. <laughs> it's an Italian village, my friend. <laughs> I mean, is it on the East Coast or is it in the middle? Let me have a look. I don't know, my man. <laughs> I mean, you keep saying know. Reconati region like I should, I should know it. Um, <laughs> Let me have a look. Let's I should rem remember the name for Tirreno Hill Stages. Right, yeah, has to be true. true. Has to be true. Yeah, it's on, the, e it's on the east coast of the Abruzzo mountain region. Um, sure, Riccione also rings a bell. Sure, it's yeah, they have hilly stages here. Um, Peacock, Vanderpool, all those Simon Clark type guys. I think it's it's breakaway, right? It's hundred percent breakaway. Flat yes. start though. Flat first Betiol. hours. Because he won yep. that stage ahead of uh, Cavagna? Yeah, in a, a similar stage in the Giro before. So yeah, it's that Mate, type that of was, stage. That was a boring stage. Was it? 14 minute breakaway or something? Oh, painful. Okay. Uh, I've drawn the short straw here. Stage 13, another flat sprint from Riccione to uh, Cento. Absolutely pancake flat. Like <laughs> 180 Ks. Dainese. 
Yeah, this is him, right? If and he's gone to Tudor. <laughs> yes. So they got the wild card. Yes. Luke, is he better than Arva Decline? <laughs> Luke, Who, which one do Luke they take? Is shouting yes, right? I think now. Arva Decline's just a lead out man for Dionysi, isn't he? <laughs> no, I think he's like four. Who's the out. other Dutch guy who's actually the lead out on Tudor? Eric Blamers? No, no, no. He's... Michael Zaylard? Zaylard, yeah. We'll see the Tudor train. Plamers, <laughs> Zaylard, and Decline. Trenton? <laughs> um, oh, true, he's on Tudor. They have to send him to this. The classic style stage, the Storato stage. for the mountain stages. True, he'll win that breakaway one we've had a couple of days ago. Uh, the 18k. A couple of days ago. The 5.6%. Yeah, he'll win that one. Yeah. Okie dokie. Okie Stage 14 is also a completely flat, not sprint stage. It's a, a time trial. It's 31.2 kilometers. And this is a Filippo Ganna time. And like, I'm wondering, Olympics involves road, but also track cycling at the same time, right? So I would reckon the Giro and then Olympics for Ghana in that way is logical in my head. So I'm told, yes. So you've been told <laughs> by me just a second ago. So... Ghana's gonna win this time trial. Dude, any else? Do they have any? Do they have to? Are they allowed? Josh like, Darling. Are they also allowed to add an extra 10 riders to their roster so they have 40 riders? Because half the team's gonna be fucking off for half the year to ride a track in the Olympics. Viviani? Viviani, Hater, Ghana. Darling? No. no he's, not, he's not a tree, he won't do the track. I don't know. But he'll, he'll win the TT gold. And who else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that entire run for I like four riders? I forgot Plap is leading. Okay. Um, <laughs> did, Kung, is he, is he excited to come second in this to Ghana in this TT, Benji? I do not know. It's a great TT for him. You. A little bit hilly, 35 minutes. It's actually perfect TT for Kung. Stefan Kung Olympic gold? No, they're not allowed. Four riders per team? It's not impossible. I'm Inter putting on the road race, right? International Olympic Committee will not allow yeah. Stefan Kung to have that. Has to be second. Okay, so the reason why I mentioned this TT, so after this TT, or even after stage 13, yeah. after stage 13, there's one more flat, no, sorry, there's two more flat sprints, so maybe Cavendish and Pure Sprinters leave at that point. And also, there's not been a brutal mountain stage to get through. There's just been the TiVo stage uh, where Amelia, he can yeah. he can get through that. So Melier's I think gone after, after 13 or whatever, if he comes, or Gronovegan, or Milan even, if he's not in Chiclamino, he probably is Italian, so he'll stay. But I think teams should be planning to get their sprinters to dip for the tour at this point. Chiclamino was Italian. And Pataki. And they fucked off after the <laughs> stages. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's either that or don't go and they'll just do the tour. So Yeah. And now 14, we've had 70Ks of TT in the first two weeks now before the last mountain stages. So it's different to this year's where we had that Monte Lusari is the last serious stage on GC. Now yeah. let's say you have a Thomas, an Aronsman, uh, an Almeida even, who's built up a nice buffer from the two time trials and some KGGC stuff on the mountain stages. Then we come to stage 15. Yeah. The hardest stage in the race, in my opinion. This is what the Giro and RCS, I think, are hoping for is that riders will be forced to try something on this stage. 222 Ks. Brutal stage from uh, Manerba Delgada to Livigno, Mottolino, starting at 
just over sea level, finishing at 2,000 near to near 2,400 meters, over 5,000 meters elevation gain, six plus hour stage. We have no HC climbs though for a little bit. We got 6Ks 5%, 14Ks 6.5% with irregular climbs there. So that allows a break to form before a long uh, hour and a half valley before the Aprica Foz Flat climb again. You know, it's just they're going to be burning calories there. And then there's a yep. climb, right? So the Forcella di, di Lavigno climb is the main climb on this stage. But there's 8K 6.6% before a 5K 7K valley. It's not even categorized or as anything on the official park profiles. Yep. 8, 8K is near 7% before 18Ks, 7% to 2,300 meters descent. Don't know how technical it is. Before, what does this say? 8.2k, 6.5%. The last two kilometers are over 9%. Over 2,300 meters to high altitude. Really, really hard stage, Benji. Are we, are we going to do what we've been doing it for years? Does this, does this stage even happen? <laughs> don't, Seriously. Don't you, dare. don't you bloody dare. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. 220k's going over 2,300 meters in May in Lavinia. Lavinia is fucking cold. I hope it happens. That's all I can say. If it doesn't it... happen, then man, this race sucks. Wasn't really <laughs> have anything near a queen stage, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Because like this is the queen stage. This is the Tour de France yeah. called La Loa stage. Yeah. The the Forcella climb reminds me of Lowe's a lot with, yeah. with that uncategorized bit. The rest in Maribel then. It's very and high altitude and very steep uh, for Steeper the first section at the end. Yeah, so yeah, I see it similar. It's also the same. Lowe's is also two thousand three hundred. Eh? Or am I stupid? Stelvio's twenty seven, right? Lowe's yeah. is twenty three hundred. So this doesn't have the Chima coffee that comes after the second rest day, but this is, I think, the stage where if you're a pure climber, you you really want to make the difference, and you can also get riders ahead because it is shallow enough and there's a valley where the gap can form. You might even see what we saw on the low stage, Benji, where we literally had four or five of the top ten on GC in the breakaway. Yeah. Simon Yates, Peyo Bilbao, Felix Gall, and uh, somebody else. And then they're basically pulling in the valley in a big break against a peloton yeah. that's not much bigger than them, and then you've got this brutal climb. So... I think it's a really nice stage, actually, because even if you don't, I think you can crack someone on that final climb. If they, if you're really fucked, yeah. you can lose a lot of time in that last three Ks. Uh, yeah, I also think so, but it's also possible to already jump away on the climb before and even extend your lead on the last one. Or it could also be that you see someone attacking on the second last one and you see him crumbling on the last yeah. one. So it's really interesting. I'd love to see it. I'm looking forward to it. I have no clue who's going to win this because I don't know who's going to beat our GC-wise. Mario Quintana. On are Tudor. you just going to keep saying names that are basically retired? He's not retired. He has said he is not retired. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, no. I'm going to choose a suspended rider then. Miguel Angel Lopez. We also forgot to do Benji. Which is the stage that Adam Hansen turns up at? Are we already at that stage? Well, I we mean... We had 200 kilometer flat stages. We are, but we didn't have many of them. We only, we only yeah, had also, two of them so far. And they're in the not, south where it's warm. Yeah, that's true. May, maybe it comes later. Maybe it's in the Stelvio stage and they want Stelvio to get out later. Yeah, I mean, they've got, it, what have they got, six well months to have a look at the parkour? Let's just, we've said every preview, like, 
you got a problem with the transfers or whatever or a dangerous finish. Like, oh, there are base barely transfers here. So I, that's what I mean. I think RCS has actually taken on board some feedback yeah. and to shorten the transfers. They, I don't think, I mean, what happened with the Crans Montana stage was very strange uh, yeah. this year. I still don't really understand what happened there. I don't think riders have a problem necessarily with a brutal high mountain stage because they can no. see they can see the rationale for it. Of course, the sprinters don't want to do it, but honestly, they should have gone home before this. <laughs> I think the riders justifiably have a problem being like, why are we doing a 240K stage that's not relevant for GC? It's going to be yeah. a sprint anyway. Shitty roads in the rain. I think that's where they're like, come on, after a long transfer. Agreed. And, and they've, they've taken out a lot of those stages. The only stage, you know, they're on the coast, 200K is just over. Should be okay weather. Anyway. Uh, but it's this- RCS, not ASO, right? Yes. Yes, RCS. Sorry, did I say ASO? No, no, no. Just in general, looking at that, that plays a factor, I think, in how it's placed. Oh, yeah, rather than the ASO. <laughs> I can't remember them getting those, those parkour changes. They weren't happy with it. Um. But also, in addition to that, we're already talking slightly about stages that come after this, but I think next to this climb, the Forcola di Livigno, you only have the Stelvio that truly goes to high mountains. Yeah. Is that a consequence of what happened to the Giro in recent years where RCS just doesn't bother getting high mountains anymore and it's a parkour that doesn't really shout, ooh, major mountain stage in that sense? Well, yeah, because like if you put this... That's the thing. They, they've put them deep in the race because you get an extra two weeks for the snow to thaw and for the weather to improve because you don't want to have this early yep. on. So Sanctuary Europa, yeah, they start on stage two with a climb, but it doesn't go to high altitude. It should be gravy. You're right. It's Maybe they're reluctant to have stages. Count. I mean, it still goes to 2300. Like, it's still pretty serious climb yeah, yeah. in Lavinia. I do worry about the weather because in May, even in May in Lavinia, it can be bad, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, Let's hope we're lucky. And the is next this balanced stage? enough, though? Oh? Is this enough compared to the flat TT? I to, reckon to go after Thomas. I reckon it fully depends off on who is at the start of this race. Yeah. Like the thing these days is that all the top GC riders, Roglic, Pogacar, Remco, Vingega, uh, Remco, they can time trial. Like yeah. the difference between them is not going to be two minutes in a time trial on paper, unless something really bad happens, unless Vingega has has sickness, like at the earlier start of the Vuelta, for example, the first TT there, second TT actually. But um, based on that, you would say, oh, the TTs won't make that big of a difference, but. At this race, we won't have that. We won't have the top GC riders against each other. So you're talking about Thomas, who's a good TT rider, versus, let's, for the sake of it, Carapaz. say that Carapaz or Orlando shows up to do a Giro Tour double for whatever reason. They arrive here, they lose minutes to Thomas. Then it becomes difficult for them to gain as much time on these climbs necessarily against Thomas. Because Thomas is also a pretty decent climber. I think we can't forget that aspect. Yeah, Unless yeah, he arrives yeah. in Vuelta form then, well. Almeida didn't drop him in the Giro. Correct. At once. When? On Monte Bondone? Nah, no, Thomas came straight across to him. Oh, yeah. And was pulling. You're right. You're right. Um, Correct. So, yeah, it's... I think it's interesting enough. Uh, you were going to say stage 16, Benji, after... So we, we then have the second rest day straight into stage 16. Yeah, I want to talk about stage 16, because the first time I saw this profile, I was crying in my bed all night. 
Livigno to Montepana. Thoughts at high altitude. We've got two very short climbs from the get-go. 4.7 kilometers, 6.3% to Pasedera, and then 4 kilometers at 6.5% to the Paso del Foscano. And basically, these are just the tops of climbs that we're visiting before we dive down towards uh, roughly 1,300 altitude before we start the Paso del Ostelvio from the... It's still a hard side, but it's not the hard side of the Stelvio, I would say. Stelvio will still be hard, especially at this point in the race. I also think that we're talking about the day just after the last rest day. So if you come out of the rest day with bad legs, you're completely fucked at the start because this is going to hurt badly. So yeah, Stelvio is there. It's 19.6 kilometers at 7.4%. But this is with 60 kilometers into the stage that we topped. Then we've got roughly 25 kilometers of proper descending, 30, 40 kilometers of false flat descending, 50 kilometers of valley. So we're talking about 120 kilometers between the Stelvio bottom and the foot of the final climb. And sorry, but this is a crime against humanity in my eyes. <laughs> I mean, this is illegal. This is human torture to, to let us watch the Stelvio be used like this. First of all, even if you use this side, this side can also be interesting. We saw it in 2017, Giro stage yeah, 16. 20k is 7.5% to 2,800 meters. Exactly. This was just before the Umbrai Pass. I think that was a stage where Dumoulin had to take a shit in the, in the gutter by the side of the road after the Selvio. But that, that matters if it's just before the final climb. It matters. If there's a 100 kilometer valley afterwards, it still has an effect. There's attrition there. But it's yeah, the waste a, of the no, Stelvio. No, there is attrition if someone paces it. Yeah. Who is going? Breakaway formation, maybe? If it's not already formed on the earlier climbs? I mean, there's two, two climbs of, of 10 minutes, 12 minutes beforehand, and then there's flat before the Stelvio. Like, yeah, the attrition argument works if someone is motivated to pace it, but who is going to be motivated to pace Stelvio full gas and then... They what? Then you just chill in the valley for two hours afterwards. And then the final climbs aren't even... It's not like you then go into serious high mountains to finish where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah we'll definitely crack him then after we've done the Stelvio full gas. This is just breakaway wins. And it, it's undulating finish, like 7K, 7%. It is over 200Ks. Very, very strange stage, actually. I still a, a lot... A hard climb the last climb. Let's be clear about that. There's steep sections in there. Yeah. But using Stelvio like that, look at 2020 for a second. Look at 2020. Go back to stage D, was it? Stage 18, I reckon, to Lago di Cancano. Was that the stage? I reckon it was. Yes, it was. We had two breakaway formation climbs in the first 75 kilometers of the stage. 14 kilometers at 5%. 9 kilometers at 9%. Then a 15, a 50 kilometer valley. And then we start the Stelvio, 25 kilometers, 7.4% before we get a descent to the stage, final man. climb. And this is how the Stelvio is perfectly used. Sure, as final mountain, I would also like the Stelvio. That's also cool. But to have a harder climb before a not-so-hard climb incentivizes everybody to bloody launch on the Stelvio. That's what I want to see. And, ah, oh, I'm, I'm physically hurt by this. I actually am angry about this. How the fuck can you use a Stelvio like this? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. Um, 
I will, I'm, not, I'm, I'm forever not disappointed. Too, I'm not too up in arms about it, I guess, because... <laughs> I love nostalgia. Maybe Lavinia paid... So has Lavinia paid them good money for... They got a stage finish, a stage start, and the rest day. And so they pay a lot for that. Andorra had that the other year in the tour, and so you pay extra for Wait, that. Andorra or Andorra? My Andorra, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe someone goes full beans on the Stelvio and they drop a GC container and then they keep like, behind in the valley. I, I heard like this, this argument of like, ooh, remember that Chris Froome went crazy on the Colle del Finestre on that one stage in 2018? That was different. That was different because the Colle del Finestre was halfway the stage. It was like a 50-kilometer valley or something. No, and in that valley, there was a climb. So that's very different compared to a stage with 120-kilometer valley after the Stelvio, and I'm, I'm upset. I'm not yeah, okay. I mean, that finished with, uh, uh, that finished with a difficult climb. The, yeah. the final climb was like uh, 6.5Ks at 10%. So anyway, um, I think Breakwell will win this, but you've got to be a good climber still to, to make it. Uh, I'm going to go with Darwin out of Puma. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just no, 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 it'll be Jose Rucano. It'll be store or someone. Yeah, Jose oh, Rucano I, comes back from the dead. Ana Rubio or whoever. Uh, maybe that's a lot of value for Oyo Lascano to anticipate, isn't it? Nah, <laughs> I know who wins this. Back in 2012, there was a legendary Belgian man that rose up on the Stelvio, dropped Michele Scarponi as well. And one on the Paso dello Stelvio. Tom Bone. Finished third or fourth in GC in that Giro, Thomas de Gend. Oh, yeah. He's uh, going to win here. He's going to come not, back. I'm not so sure. Uh, the next stage, stage 17. Now, this is something where you can really try something. 160 kilometers from Selva. Puma. <laughs> see, he didn't get sussy, did he? I, I'm actually. Let me just not check. Sure. Ada. <laughs> uh, didn't get sussy, but. Um, Okay, so we're in the clear there. Uh, and he's technically still riding for a Turkish team, so uh, he's not retired, Benji, just so you know. Stage 17 from Selva well di, di Valcartena to Paso del Brocon. Yeah, him and, um, him and some of the boys back in the day in uh, Romandy was exciting. This stage starts out the gate, 9K, 7.3%. The climb they should have finished on the day before, I don't know if they're in the related region, up to 2,240 metres, Descent, then an undulating 20k climb with some steeper sections. Descent, another climb of 6k, 6%. Descent, and then another 13.2k, 6.5% climb. And then the finish is hard. 12.1k, 6.5%. Fake news climb because there's a 4.5k, 10% section in this. So the each peak in this stage gets progressively lower, unfortunately. Uh, so we, you know, the first one is at 2250, as I said, but the last one's at 1600. Yeah, but I don't mind that necessarily. That's fine. That's fine. As long as the second last climb is hard enough to launch on. And I'm not 100% certain if it's on the edge for me. You can put, you can make people tired by then. That's true. But I'm talking about attacking someone on that climb. And that's with a plateau on top. Oh, you need a satellite rider. That's true. You need a satellite rider. Um, I think this is, this screams to me, Bora trying something stage. This yeah. sort of stage. But I really think if you've got two leaders, if you've got satellite riders, this is where you can... Sh- but you can also... If Grant Thomas is in pink, and he has Aaronsman, Deplus, Sivakov's uh, gone. Oh, I forgot Sivakov will be... Sivakov might lead the Giro at UAE. 
might not be wrong. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, if you've got a really strong team, you can also lock this stage down because the yep. climbs are not so steep. But it's uh it's kind of the stage I would normally expect to be in week two, paired with the hardest mountain, a harder mountain stage, kind of like what we had uh, this year from memory. We they were supposed to be the Crans Montana stage, and then uh, well, stage fifteen was now that was that's kind of a classicy style stage. Oh no, that was the Bergamo stage with longer climbs. Uh, I'm going to go with Ben Healy to win this one, Benji. That's a really interesting take. I like that. I'm going to go with Jarlinson Pontano. <laughs> he did get sussied. Yeah, he did. <laughs> ah, you can't pick him then. <laughs> well, he's back. He came back the day that he True. got unsussied. Was he... Did he try to go for Colombian parliament? <laughs> I'm not jumping into Colombian politics nah, here, my I friend. I swear he tried to get elected. <laughs> I swear there was drama about Quintana and about Bernal, about their politics at some point. So nah, I, I swear... I swear Pantana went for like local elections and <laughs> some current riders endorsed him. Um, Wait, he's suspended again? No. No, no, no. No, it no, never mind. It expired, he's back. it expired in April. Okay, he's yeah. back. At EPM. Yeah. It was a Conti team back in the day, now it's a club team. Anyway, um, that was stage 17. All right, stage 18, Benji. Sprint. This is yep. the Dainese stage, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Every other sprint has gone actually. home. We already <laughs> said him earlier. That's a problem. Yeah. Is Milano here or someone? Milano or Milan, yeah. Is there another sprinter? Ethan Vernon? Ackerman on Q365. Who does he ride for? Wait, Ackerman's going to Q365? No, he's on Israel. They'll send him, to the, so. they'll send him to the Giro. Muschetti's not contracted yet for next year. So we you don't know and, if he's... You you gotta send, I think you send you into the Giro. I think he's better on those sprints after the 2k 4% yeah. sort of thing than Kronovagen. Ewan plus Simon Yates at the rest. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, this is a sprint. Uh, stage 19 is mm. also quite a strange stage, I must say, for a week three from mm. uh, Mortagliano to Sapada. It is mostly flat for the first 90 kilometers and then... There's a 6k 4% climb followed by a 4.3k 9.6% climb all low altitude, then 6k 6.2%, another sort of medium mountain little punch, and then the Chima Sapara 7.3k's 5.3%. It's a a false summit. There's some steep sections in there. Yeah, like this is not the stage where if you've lost a minute in GC, I, I think you can make the difference no unless you someone's really bad and you launch on the Paso Duron the first steep one it's gonna be hard it's not impossible to do something that Paso Duron is some, something interesting though that could be like a raid stage launcher but I feel like you need attrition for that beforehand as well to be able to do that it's not a crazy long stage either so Luke Plapp wins from the breakaway nah Carapaz got this is all this false side uphill finish is all screaming Carapaz to me <laughs> um all right, round flat, f- my man. Finish How off. are you against Australians? I'm not. He's the tour. He's running Olympics, though. True. Yeah, he's running Olympics. The TT's good for him, though. Yeah, I know what Jacob will do. Anyway, round us off with stage 20, Benji, our final mountain stage. 
Mortaliano to Bassano del Grappa. Initially, uh, we thought this might be one Monte Grappa, but it's two Monte Grappas in there. So the first half of this race is basically flat. Some tiny hills in there. So nothing major for breakaway formation, I would say. There's a Muro in there. There's a 1k 12% yeah, climb. There's one Muro in there. <laughs> one kilometer 12%, just like randomly 28 kilometers into the stage because they're like, we need a Pajo in this race. It's also called a Pajo because I learned to... Giro previews ago, that Poggio means hill in Italian. Didn't really? know that until the comment section kept shouting it at me after I made a joke that it was called the, just the Poggio, just like Milano Sonemo. So anyway, my Italian lacking behind me. Monte Grappa starts basically after 45% of the stage. We got the first Monte Grappa, 18.2 kilometers at 8.1%. Pretty rough climb. Pretty rough climb. In the descent, we've got one tiny hill, 500 meters at 9.2%. So that's interesting. And then directly at the bottom, we go straight up the Monte Grappa again, exactly the same climb, 18.2%, 8.1%. And then a descent to the finish. 174 kilometers. You can still make a difference on yeah. this stage. And I hope they try to do it on the first Monte Grappa, but it's way more likely that it happens on the second Monte Grappa. Nah, for sure though. You know what's going to happen. Cat Killer comes to the front first Monte Grappa and he starts pacing for Caruso and then Bilbao and and Co just go go crazy on the first ascent, and there's also that that fifteen hundred meter nine point two percent climb in the middle of the ascent is rude. Yeah, Bilbao uh, wins this. Yoni Zagira, nah, yeah. it needs to rain and it's too hard. I like Bilbao for it, I must say. Um, but he might get it. it's eighteen point two k eight percent is properly hard. And sorry, uh, yeah. Vincenzo Nibali comes back from retirement for this one. I mean, he was ascent finish presentation. Exactly. He was just announced, pre-announcing it. I think that's it. Stephen Kreuzberg, uh, descent, banishing the Nibali demons off the top of Monte Grappa. <laughs> it's clear. Um, but yeah, I think right. you, can, you can make a difference in even that last little punch you can try. And, like Ayuso, I, I'm picking Ayuso for the stage because he's got the descending in him. Uh, Skelmos yeah. is he, also a brilliant him. descender. Yeah, if they're there. Uh, but then the final stage is a sprint in Rome, 126Ks. Not a full procession stage, or is it? I'm not really sure. It uh, is. It is? Okay. Cav wins. Alrighty. How do you feel about the parkour now we've gone through it in, in painstaking detail, Benji? I don't know how to feel about it. I feel like I've got this... We, we got to take a look at the parkour last year. We were happy about the Giro parkour. The Giro parkour looked good of yeah, 2023. Were, yeah. And reality is that Riders make the race. It rained the whole time. It rained the whole time. That was also one of the reasons. But also next to that, GC wasn't looking like it needed to be active. There, there was limited incentive in each team to do something. And that fucked up everything. And also next to that, some teams were tactically not realizing what they should do. Like Ineos should have based harder on us on, on Trichime yeah. stage, for example, to try and open up the race. But they were playing too defensively. In hindsight, definitely, but we also said it the evening itself. This parkour does not shout amazing to me, but you can make the race if you want to make the race with it. Yeah, I think so too. It's a 7.5 out of 10 for me? The problem is, right, say Poggy goes, he already beats you up on Europa. He then is in pink after the, the stage 14 TT. Who is going to try anything? I mean, that's kind of true with even well, whatever. That's with whatever parkour with Vingegaard if he gets a huge gap or yeah. if they don't, if Vingegaard or Pogaccia 
don't or Roglic don't have the other to fight against, you could it's not going to be interesting. So, Let's be real. If Bogatra is here, he wins this race. Yeah, it's a good race for him. Uh, uh, what are you going to say? I reckon you can crack him pretty bad on that stage 15. Wow. The problem is you need someone of the caliber of Vingegaard to be able to do <laughs> that in the first place. Nah, Simon or Adam can do it. <laughs> I don't see it. Nah, G... G so Adam can do it. What? He's on the same team. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Grant Thomas can drop Poggy on that climb. No problem. I don't see it. I think Thomas can beat him on that stage, but then no. Poggy can take a lot of time on other stages. So there's probably twenty other stages where Poggy has an advantage. Um even Monte Grappa, right? It's only two climbs. So like who's gonna be you can't really put someone, I don't think, on 4,000 kilojoules halfway up second Monte Grappa because there's yep. only been... Yeah, the first one's going to be hard, but I don't know. Um, so what would you do if you were... So Rollis is doing Tour Benji. What would you do now? Oh, should, should we rate it? I think this is... A, I think this is a 7.5 out of 10. I said the same. 7.5 out of 10. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, sorry. No, you can you can take my seven and a half of the ten. You don't need to worry about it. You can have it. Your Ineos. You got Rodriguez. Oh, we've got to mention we got you got Rodriguez, Thomas, and um Pidcock. Pidcock. No, I'm doing GC. You don't care about it. Okay, okay. Silent about GC. Who do you send one, two, or or three to this race? Thomas and Pidcock. Not Pitcock Carlos. Needs to prep for mountain bike. Carlos goes to the tour. Yeah, you I need agree. someone at the tour, I and I think Thomas can do this. Okay. The, the TTKs are just too enticing for Thomas, I think, and they're and like, mostly flat. you got to look at it differently, right? We and know that Lemko wants solved. to ride the Tour de France. Roglic wants to ride the Tour de France. So we're only really looking at Pogacar and UAE leaders. Yeah, so then, so then at... with UAE, who do you send out? Adam Yates, Sivakov, wait, 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 Almeida wait, 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 Ayuso. Wait, 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 wait. So if you're Thomas, for example, and you look at that, that list, oh, and yeah. you're like, who is still ahead of me at this point? Adam Yates, I think. Yeah. Pogacar. So you kind of got to hope that those go to the Tour de France, send Thomas to the Giro, and try and win the GC. Yep. He'll take his chances against Ayuso and Almeida having a bad day. Um, and with his TT buffer. So but for UAE, who would you send? Sivakov? Yeah. But not as leader? Not as leader. As co-leader. Co-leader, co-leader. Yeah. And looking at the parkour, I want Almeida here. I can't live through a Giro without Almeida. I've been so addicted <laughs> to supporting Almeida in the Giro in the last few years. I need him here. Like, I know he wants to ride the Twitter fans. I know he wants to start the bloody Velta in Portugal. But, I would send. I would send Sivakov, Almeida, and Ayuso. I would send Sivakov, Almeida, and Adam Yates. You put Ayuso in the tour with Poggy. Ayuso and Poggy in the tour. How funny is that? <laughs> and what? And Vine and Vine's the Mountain Domestique. In the Giro. In the tour. Adam Yates can do another one. If Chris can do, can do it. One? Yates can do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. And Yumbo now. <laughs> Olaf Goy. He can't ride GC, Benji. I keep telling you. <laughs> I mean, the sprints. Wild for our GC is happening, my so friend. They got Jorgensen. Jorgensen. GC. And Vingegaard. Jorgensen. You think it's okay for him? 
Jorgensen. I think he's low-key. He, as I said, he's poggy light. Like he'll be looking at that Storato stage and the Hill Classic stage, and he'll be thinking, "I can do something on those stages." Uh, but has Roglic leaving? Well, it's great well, for Jorgensen that Roglic leaves. I think Tullet should do the Giro. Probably. Tullet and Jorgensen. But isn't Jorgensen the kind of right? Let's say Wout does the Giro, for example. Isn't Jorgensen the kind of guy that you put in his role in the Tour de France? Yeah, that's the thing. I think I really want Jorgensen in the Tour team. I don't. I... Why? Because I want him at the Giro. Yeah, but... He, I want uh, Jorgensen to be free. Jorgensen be an unbelievable domestique in the tour. Every, always, always gets in the breakaway. Can pull the flat. I think, you know, but you're right. It's uh, with Rogers leaving and with them not having anyone Sorry, else in yet, there's a free putting, spot. Putting Wout Fanon in the Giro would be a waste. Koi would be doing most of the sprints. There would be one or two punchy stages where Wout can really go for himself. Mm. Might be a breakaway where he tries to do it, but two on the TTs, other hand, two TTs. Yeah, but he ain't winning that second flat one against Ghana if he hasn't if they haven't improved the flat setup. Yeah, but have those TTs don't support my my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. So let's just finger them away for a second. Yeah. <laughs> he can leave after the second TT. Just have Wowed at the Tour and Jorgensen at the Giro. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but the Tour has TTs too. Yeah, but Van Aert has he didn't have a good year this year. Don't you want him to just clean up some easy Giro stages? Send him to the Crow Race if he wants to clean up easy races. I mean, the Giro's are slightly more prestigious than the Crow Race. <laughs> I had a Vol dream about the Crow Race recently. I want to see... Yesterday morning. Really? I yeah, I was dreaming that, first of all, the entire peloton slid out at the exact same time. But secondly... No, it wasn't a dream. Was that really happened in 2022. Caldenmon was on his way to win the stage. And then Pitcock came out of nowhere to take it away. I'm devastated. The man can't even win in my dreams. <laughs> and then I poor, woke up. Poor Wilco. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who they'll send. Um, but I think it's going to be, hopefully, does Enrique Mas? No, he does it too. He does it too. He can't do wet weather. Um, no, nah, seriously, if you were advising Poggy, team, my friend, because really, the big question is Poggy, would you say, do this Giro? Assuming the Tour de France parkour is going to be brutal like it's been leaked. Um, for his best interest, not because you want to watch him at the Giro. I think it would be shit for entertainment if he's at the Giro, because he'd be too good. I think he should do it. But I think he... I would do it. It's a I good think... parkour for him, man. Giro Olympics Velta, is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Giro Olympics Vuelta I'd like to see, but I want to see him at the Tour, so that's kind of meh. Yeah, of course, but I, he can also do the Giro Tour double. Frankly, like, he's not Van der Poel or Van Aert. Is he really going to win that Olympics road race? It's not it. Sorry, it's not, it's I'm not, not saying it's, imp it's not impossible, but he's not... It's, it's not that hard a parkour. It's unpredictable with the amount of riders per team. It's four riders, three riders, yeah. two riders per team. It's not a seven-rider team for every but country. But would you so. not do the Giro Tour double because you might have a 10% chance of winning that Olympic road race? I'd like the Giro Tour double. I think so. And if you feel good, you can still do it afterwards. Yeah, but then Almeida won't be here. I want Almeida at the Giro. You can still give me a domestique. Fuck no. It's Almeida. Portugal will not stand for this. <laughs> Here's me representing Portugal. <laughs>
I still don't know what type of writer Almeida is. I don't know what he's good at. <laughs> Come on. He's clearly a big GC writer. No, I mean like long climbs or short climbs or uni puertos or difficult stages. It, it makes no sense to me. It changes every Portuguese stage. Portuguese Spontani. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, that was our Giro route reveal uh, reaction on Saturday, 14 October. The Tour de France is revealed on the 25th of October. Vuelta is normally in January, so we'll wait a little bit uh, for that. There might be some more transfer news coming out. The market, to me, feels about one month delayed, partly due to the merger rumors uh, freezing the market in the last month. We might have a Guangxi uh, recap, actually, on... I don't know if the last stage is the last stage on Tuesday. Have you watched should... the stage so far? I've watched every stage. Oh, I gotta do a I gotta do a I've watched Turkey before we well. do that podcast. <laughs> it was uh, Olaf Koy Sprint and some other sprints. Jorgensen tried this morning, but the GC stage I think is tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um said Berwick going for the W. Can I just am I allowed to do a Berwick transfer plug or not? I think it, you can. And I'll do a pod. plug afterwards, okay? okay? We'll do two plugs. Deal? Someone explain to me. How Kevin Colioni on Jayco, the same age as Berwick, got a contract into Marche. And I don't think into Marche offered Berwick one. Or like, is that just Australian anti-Australian bias? Because Berwick is, don't tell me honestly, Benji, is Berwick is better than that guy. Why isn't Jayco offering Berwick a contract? I'm taking a look at Berwick. And I know seeing... he's my mate. He's, he's 23. He's been on Israel. Not the best team. They got relegated. His, his results are not... They're pretty good, I think. I'm taking a look at Seb Berwick. For the people that don't know Seb Berwick, he's 23 years old. He rides for Israel at the moment, out of contract. Destroying U23 riders at Tour Alsace. But he's only so 23. Something. I know he's a little bit older, but he's only 23. Yeah, he's a year older than most of the riders in the race, or two years old, but it's not the biggest deal. On Planche Belfier, pretty good ride. But most importantly, he went to a, a Chinese race, a Tour of Hainan, and he beat a multi-Tour de France winner there. He beat Chris Froome there. And Oscar Sevilla. Well, technically, Oscar Sevilla won GC, so maybe... Sh- on bonies, <laughs> on bonies, though. On bonies, that's true. Yeah. I'm just saying, Berwick like... would be co-leader at Medellin. Like... He was on Neo Pro. He, he, I think he, he came valuable. Se- he came second on Harold Santur. We had two pro mountaintop finishes. He finished on the same time as Hindley in both those mountaintop finishes in 2020. COVID ruined his last U23 season. I got us Israel, not the, been the, like, they got, literally got relegated during his Neo Pro contract there. Um, I think he, I'm very surprised an FDJ, a Cofidis, uh haven't. Tudor, domestique for store. Yeah, but he also, like, he's going to probably score over 450 UCI points. That's just my, obviously, I'm completely biased, but I was right about Jay Vine. I was right about Binny. <laughs> and You're right. Definitely. Right about Binny? Oh, yeah, yeah, true. In November 2020, I said. Well, my dude, I was playing pro cycling manager in 2020 <laughs> with Binny in my teams, my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you you got a plug coming. Is there some some poor Belgian guy that can't find a team on one of the 20 Belgian teams. Now there's, there's this poor YouTuber called Benji Nasson on YouTube that just uploaded two videos and they're doing <laughs> slightly under what I expected him oh, to yeah. do. So please support my YouTube channel. It's called Benji Nasson. I just climbed the outer Quatermon and so forth in those videos. Also my first mountain climb in that. If you want to see me suffer, check the videos out and support it, please. Go check out Benji's videos. Seeing him suffer on the Quatermon, always good entertainment. 
Uh, so yeah, go and give them a look. And thanks for listening. As always, let us know what you think about the Giro Parkour. Should Poggy go? Should Who do you think should go? That's the big question. Now we're on the parkour. The riders make it. And I can't wait to see uh, after the Tour de France re- reveal. Maybe we'll see some provisional schedules. But until then, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.